Thank you for joining us. God created our physical bodies in His own image, perfectly formed and adaptable to life on earth. Then came sin, and though we didn't deserve it, our loving God created spiritual bodies redeemable by the shed blood of His only begotten Son and available to us when we freely submit to His will. At the point of conversion, we become members of the family of God. In other words, we embody the anatomy of the Lord's church. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander leads us on this edifying spiritual journey. The two ordinances of the church are baptism and the Lord's Supper, and the Lord requires us to be faithful in observing both. Beloved, the Lord is coming back soon. The Lord is, you ought to, that ought to have been the biggest amen on that statement. With all that's going on, how many of y'all wait for the Lord to come back? Oh, no, I got a little bit more. I, I, I said again, in case you, you, you got stuck there, maybe some of y'all are not ready to get out of here. But, you know, I, I'm ready to go. The, I'm going to say it again. I'm gonna, I want to hear the biggest amen on this side of the Mississippi River. The Lord is coming back soon. Okay, oh, that's still weak. By live streaming, you participate too. The Lord is coming back soon. Oh, you can go louder than that. Come on. I mean, I want you to say it like you mean it. The Lord is coming back soon. Amen. Oh, you got through those masks that time. My goodness. Beloved, the Lord is coming back soon. Are you remaining faithful to Christ? Are you remaining faithful to that which he has called you to do? Number four. The purpose of the church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The church is called to be faithful in sharing the gospel through word and deed. The church is mandated by God to be witnesses for Christ. The church is mandated by God through his word to be witnesses for Christ. You say, well, how do you know that? Because of what he told the early church. You say, where is it? In Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. Now, people witnessing about everything. Oh, did you see that murder? Did you see that bad car wreck? Did you see that truck that was upside down? Did you see that building that burned down? Did you see that what happened to to that dear person whose knee was up? on the neck of that dear brother uh, in, in Minnesota. Did, did you see that? Did you see what the politicians did? did you see, you, do you see, what are the Republicans and Democrats doing up there? We're witnessing everything. But who's witnessing about Christ? We talk about sororities and fraternities and organizations. And we talk about the weather. We, oh, we talk about everything. But who's talking about Christ? He says, when the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. You notice that's a capital M, me. Who's me? Jesus. Jesus is me in Jerusalem. Started in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. The gospel started in Jerusalem and it went abroad, way abroad till now even way over here in America and all around the world, which means and to the end of the earth. 
We are called to be witnesses because we are part of the body of Christ. We are children of God. Jesus is our savior. And Jesus requires us to be light in this dark, dismal world in which we live. With that being said, I have a few things to give unto you at this time. How do we be an effective witness for Christ? How do we become an effective witness for Christ? How to be an effective witness for Christ? A, one must first be a believer in Christ before telling others about him. You got to first be a believer in Christ before you can tell others about Christ. How are you going to share something without a personal relationship yourself? Acts 16.31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Saved people are mandated to tell people about Christ. Christ does not expect the world of Satan's children to talk about the goodness of Christ. He expects God's children to do that. B, we must possess a good reputation. If you're going to be an effective witness, we must possess a good reputation in the church and before an onlooking world. You know, the church is watching me. I'm, I'm being watched all over the world and I'm being watched by this congregation I'm under scrutiny. I'm being examined. I'm being looked at inside out, you know, uh, and uh, and rightfully so. I'm given leadership and I have to lead by example. But also you are an example, too. You are in leadership. You are mothers, you are fathers, you are grandparents and you are to lead by example. And not only the world is watching you, the church is watching you. Your children are watching you and your grandchildren are watching you. So it's not just about me. And that's how I say, you. well, it's about him. It's about him pointing me. Well, I'm just going to check him out. But, but you need to be checking yourself out because it really starts with you. Amen. We ought to be checking ourselves out, examining ourselves. We must possess a good reputation in the in the church and before an onlooking world. In First Peter chapter two, verse twelve, it says, "Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Watch what you say around them. Watch what you do around them. Don't lose your temper around them. Uh, don't mistreat them. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, and many will." They will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. You disarm those who speak against you through your good works, through your integrity, through your character, through how you respond with graciousness and love to the glory of God. Let me tell you something. You cannot be a faithful witness for Christ living a loose, unrestrained life. Did you get that? You cannot be a faithful witness for Christ living a loose, unrestrained life. Now, if you're just drinking all over the place, cussing folk out, acting stupid, you're gambling over there and you're in and out of strip clubs and all that. No, don't, don't go tell. Let me tell you about Christ. Please don't do that. You're messing up the name of Christ. and You're an embarrassment to the church. Just be quiet. Don't even tell them. I mean, don't tell them you're in regression. You're backslidden. You could even be lost. That may even be the, the, the issue. You cannot be a faithful witness for Christ living loose, living a loose, unrestrained life. The Lord is watching you. People is watching you. By the way, the devil is watching you, too. The devil knows when you meet business and when you don't. The devil knows when you're a hypocrite. As a matter of fact, he gets in on it. We say, oh, she ain't nothing about her. She's just a front. He gets, he gets in and wipe you out. 
see how to be an effective witness for Christ. We must view ourselves as ambassadors for Christ. You want to be an effective witness. We must view ourselves as an ambassador for Christ. Second Corinthians 520 says we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. That's a beautiful word. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're telling people the way to be reconciled to God is to trust him alone for salvation. He is the only one that can reconcile a man back to God. Beloved, we are ambassadors. Listen to this. We are ambassadors for Christ in a foreign land. Now, some of y'all at home, we talk about the rapture. We talk about leaving this world. You get cold, you get cold feet. But this world is not our home. We are pilgrims. We are strangers. We are aliens. Beloved, we are ambassadors for Christ in a foreign land. We represent Christ in a world that is not our home. That's the problem. Some of y'all have come, have become so at home here until you don't want to make your departure from here. Our, listen to this big statement, our citizenship is in heaven. You may be a citizen of the United States, but that's a temporary citizenship. Oh, our citizenship is in heaven. And when we are finished with our divine assignment on earth, God will call us to our heavenly home. He will call us. Just in a moment, transition to heaven, gone home, gone home, no place like home. I'd like to ask you a question. It's not on this paper, but I sure wish I had had remembered it, but hopefully God will give it back so I can remember. When is the last time, when is the last time you got homesick for heaven? You know, y'all looking at me now, I ain't that quick to want to go to heaven. (laughs) You have been away. I don't care. It, it, you can go on a cruise. I don't know what your favorite spot is. You can go to, uh, I don't know. You can go to, go to apps, the Swiss apps. Uh, you, you can go to France. You can go down, uh, go to Australia. You can go to some nice island. You can go to Fiji. Go and after you've stayed gone for a week or two, after a while, you, you want to, it comes to you saying, you know, I'm ready to go home. It's good to get away, but when you come back, uh, you ought to be refreshed. Now, you know what? That vacation is not going to help you one bit if your relationship with God is not right and your relationship with your family is not right, and you come back more miserable than, than, than when you left. Some of y'all shouldn't have gone anywhere because you come back mad at each other. <laughs> You mad at each other? Oh, y'all, y'all had to. Some people have the biggest fight on vacation. They stressed out, maxed out, just mad, just miserable. You didn't pay $5,000, $10,000 to come back mad. Should have given it to God. <laughs> when is the last time you became homesick for the heavenly shores to be with the Lord. This world is not our home. 
We are just pilgrim. We are just passing through. D, an effective witness will possess an inner longing to see sinners saved from hell. The word of God says we shall be his witnesses. And if we're going to be his witnesses, we have to have an inner longing to see sinners saved from hell. Do you have an inner longing for for, for sinners to get saved from a terrible place called hell? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 5a says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Underline this, verse 4. Who desires all men, all people to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. It's the will of God that everybody be saved. Now, when people go to hell, they go by their own choosing. And, and, and you have to stumble over a whole lot to go to hell. The, you have to stumble over the missionary, the church, the word of God, the Bible, the, the testimony, the Christian testimony, your, perhaps your mother, your father, your grandparent, your auntie, or whomever. Oh, God desires all men, all people to be saved and to come into the knowledge of truth. Here's another question for you, my friend. Is your heart broken for lost sinners around you? Is your heart broken for lost sinners around you? If not, then why? Why? You teenagers, why don't you tell uh, uh, your friends about Jesus? You who golf, why don't you tell other golf? You mean you out there for nine rounds, 12 rounds, 30 rounds, and they don't, have, they don't hear a peep out of you about Jesus? You who fish, you're going to stay out on the boat all day long fishing, and Jesus never come up? They can go to hell from the fishing boat. Is your heart broken for lost sinners around you? If not, then why? Finally, but not the least, we must possess an inner desire to inject Christ at every given opportunity in our daily conversations. We must possess an inner desire to inject Christ Christ at every given opportunity in our daily conversation. I love that great passage in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 which says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. My friend, many Christians love to talk about everything but Christ. Especially in the day, the day in which we live, Instead of talking about Christ, we talk about how bad things are. We talk about how rampant sin is. We talk about the impact of the virus. You know what? If, if the name coronavirus was replaced with the name of Jesus, I wonder how many folks would get saved. You, you, do you realize how many times coronavirus come up, or COVID-19? And it should come up because it's an issue that has to be dealt with. It is serious. It's not, it's not to be taken lightly. And uh, we should respect that. We should be praying uh, for, for, uh, for, for a vaccine. We ought to be praying that those who are sick, God will just work in those lives. We ought to be praying that people be delivered from fear and all these good things. But in the midst of coronavirus, where is your witness for Christ in the medical field? Or in the computer field? 
in the classroom, in the military, in the office. Where is your witness for Christ? Corona, Corona, Corona. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We we talk about the racial unrest. But where is Jesus? You can tear down all of the monuments. I declare to you, you can tear down all the monuments. But tearing down all the monuments is not going to change the heart. Why don't y'all say amen? All you got, all you got is a broken down monument with an unchanged heart. You can change all of the laws of the land, but not one law of the land can change that evil, depraved heart. Why don't you say amen? If, if, if it hurts, just say ouch, but the only the truth sets you free. The laws of man does not change heart. The word of God, the law of God, it changes the heart. It keeps people from being destructive. It keeps people from hating blacks because they're whites and black and police brutality. You can change all of, make police reforms. You can do all those kind of reforms. But if there's not transformation in the heart, what can reform do? Who's talking about Jesus in the midst of racial unrest? Who's talking about Jesus in the midst of politics? People go crazy this time of year. I always say, oh, I can't wait till this time of year is over. Oh, God, if I hear another commercial, another, everything is so political. Everything, everything, everything so political. And people pushing for their candy for this one, and they pushing for they looking stuff for this one, and they looking at stuff for this, and they got you, all these got you. Oh, you said that, gotcha. Hey, put this on screen, this, take this, do this. You know, it's going back and forth, 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 and you're going, mm, 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 mm. you crazy, you're going crazy. <laughs> no president can fix this country. And if you think they can, you fooling yourself. Only Jesus can fix this country, and Jesus is waiting on my people. If my people, he didn't say if the president, he said if the Congress, he didn't say the Senate. See, this is what needs to be preached from the pulpit. Well, why is this not preached from the pulpit? People say, I'm angry. You ought to be angry at the negligence of the church. The powerlessness of the church. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and see my face. Huh? God will not heal this land until his people get serious about God, witnessing for God and stop playing politics and be the Christian God has called you to be. God is calling you to be the ambassador. Will the real Christian stand up and represent Christ in a foreign land? <laughs> My people. Y'all, you, you, you mixed a lot of y'all mixed up. You're mad over the wrong stuff. You're barking up the wrong tree. You talk more about unrest than Jesus, more about politics than Jesus, more about the celebrities. They all speak up and every celebrity got a voice. And every time they open their mouth, dumb comes out. I say, will they shut up just because they can play basketball? Don't make them an authority. We'll talk about world events, none of which will rescue the perishing. None of which will rescue the perishing. 
There's a big scripture. It's located in one of the tiniest books of the Bible. You probably have to dust the dust off to even find the scripture. You say, what are you talking about, Draper? I'm talking about Jude 1, 22, and 23. See how many of y'all saying, where is Jude? <laughs> go to the end of the Bible. Go to Revelation and then go back. <laughs> it says, and you must, not should, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Mercy. Don't talk about people if they're not here. Well, don't don't have your little list of making names of people who are absent, whether they're in leadership or regular members. Just make sure God is dealing with you. Huh? So-and-so is not here. This person is not here. You are here and God is here. And that's a majority. And that's a majority. There are many whose faith are wavering and we need to be long suffering with them. We need to be patient with them. We need to be sensitive toward them and we need to wait on them. Wait on them. Verse 23, it gets bigger. Rescue. Look at this. Underline that rescue. Rescue means save. Rescue means deliver. Rescue others by, look, snatching. You have a snatch, snatching them from the flames of judgment. You ought to want to rescue your child from hell, your auntie from hell, your grandchild from hell, your cousin from hell. You ought to want to rescue your ex-husband from hell. I don't care what he has done. You ought to want to rescue him. You ought not want to see he did this to me. I hope he goes to hell. Then your heart is your heart is hell bent. You never get anywhere doing evil for evil. Look, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. And that's why people are headed without Christ. Show mercy. To steal others, but do so with great caution. Look, why do you want to rescue people? Because you hate sin. You hate sin in yourself and you hate sin in others. You are to love the people, but hate the sin. Did you get what I said? You are to love people, but hate the sin. Hate Hating the sin that contaminates their life. It is sin that contaminates. It is sin that dirty folk up. It is, it is a lifestyle of sin that sends people straight to hell. In closing, beloved, we have a great responsibility to rescue the perishing from the flames of judgment. People are going to hell in droves. 
I say it again. They go in and draw. Hell is most integrated. You don't have to worry about black lives matter, white lives matter. You don't have to worry about whoever down there, whether whatever color, whatever race. You got Jews down there, pagans down there, some Canadians down there, Americans down there, Hispanics down there, Asians down there, and everybody else I can't call gonna be there if they don't know Jesus. Your brother gonna be down there. Your close relative, even some, in some cases, mamas and daddies and granddaddies. Some of you, your own children that came up in your house. You, that's why you need to be witnesses. Some of your own children going to end up in hell. You better, in hell. You better be talking to your children about God. God in the morning. God at noon. God at night. Uh, raising that phone up. Listen, how, how are you doing with your relationship with God? What verse in the Bible have you read? What have you prayed about lately? Ask spiritual questions to give your children and grandchildren a heightened sense of God consciousness. They will go to hell from your house. You can be in this church and go straight to hell. You can have a membership of Maranatha Bible Church and go straight to hell if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not time to be playing church. It's time to be serious. And only the true gospel is going to set folk free. If folk get mad at me, they get mad at me because I preach the truth. And if they get mad at me, frankly, I don't care. I'd rather have God saying, well done, when I'm despised by people, than to have people say, oh, Drake, you talking my language, you're politically correct. Oh, you for this group and you for that group and you for that organization and you all over the place. Oh, goody pastor. I saw my pastor here. I saw my pastor there. I saw my pastor here. And you get up in the pulpit. It's all politics. No, Jesus. I really have the whole world against me. And I preach Christ and him crucified and hear him say, And all God's children said, Amen. Let us commit ourselves foremost to all aspects of the anatomy of the Lord's church. As we grow step by step in the word of God, steadfastly apply his commandments to our lives and obediently walk by faith and not by sight until the day of his appearing. We will experience the blessings of God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.